Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others. Welcome back, everyone, to Pack the House. Uh, as you know, this is our podcast that we, we uh, record each week, helping you uh, think that we heard on Sunday in our conversations throughout the week. This week we have a, a special guest, a first-time guest with us on Back to the House. Pastor Scott is here with us. Would you uh, introduce yourself so they know what your voice sounds like? All right, this is this is how I sound when I talk. <laughs> there you go. That's the voice you're hearing. Uh, and the reason we have Pastor Scott with us this week is because all of us heard his message, the same message, um, an update message to some that you shared last last year with us about the the mission, the vision, the values of Cornerstone. So why don't you start us off by just telling us a little bit about what we heard on Sunday? Sure. We um, shot the video, Andrew Osborne and I did, out at Morse Reservoir, out at the dam there. And we um, I used the time to reflect on Nehemiah chapter 4, the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem, um, the fact that God used that moment to create order. And then the people really wanted to focus on the unity of the people who are working together. Everyone had different tasks so some were building, some were defending, some were building and defending at the same time. Uh, others were watching out for the enemy. Others were supposed to be the signalers in case something was happening. But the whole group of people, and you also kind of can imply um, from the story, the whole rest of the people as well, were, uh, were all serving together to serve one purpose. And I think that's a great picture of the church working together. And so that was the, the text specifically. And I'll use that just to talk about how we at Cornerstone can do the same thing, how we can be people who fight a common enemy, which is obviously not each other. Um, not <clears throat> one of my favorite things is when people always say, you know, like the church down the road, they're your competition. I was like, no, the other church is not our competition. We have one enemy in the world and that's the devil. And beyond that, um, we're, we're uh, seeking to be brothers and sisters. So fight there's enough to do there for all of us. Right. Yeah. Common enemy. Um, and then that, that common purpose, recognizing using our own skills and, and gifts. And I, I use the phrase, uh, God blesses unified action. Just the sense for us as Cornerstone that God uses the, the unified action of his people in order to, again, I use the picture with the dam of the peacefulness, the placidness of the lake up part up top of the reservoir and then uh, the dam in between and then down below, um, you know, the chaos that's kind of there. So you can have a, 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 a picture of, of peacefulness and chaos and of God calling us into that peacefulness uh, and the work yeah. he does in Jesus. So there's a quick snapshot of it. Hopefully I said a little bit more and some meaningful things, but you know, that's, that's roughly it. Yeah. Not bad condensing a 12 minute sermon into, into half a minute. Uh, <laughs> I want to, I want to pick up where you left off there with that, that um, you phrase this almost as an invitation um, on one side of the cross is chaos. And you just, you just gave the damn metaphor there, the damn metaphor um, how to do one. Um, on one side of the cross is chaos, and on the other side is peace. And you gave the invitation for us as disciples at Cornerstone to be the ones who, I wrote it down this way, the ones who invite people out of the chaos into the confidence of Jesus. So that was kind of the, for me at least, the, the, the quote-unquote gospel takeaway. Thinking about that idea, how would you, how would you kind of conceptualize that or... or, or um, convey that to maybe someone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus yet? How would you make that attractive to someone who doesn't have an, a relationship with Jesus yet? Um, well, I, I think obviously the first thing I'd say is subtly. I don't, I don't think it's a walking up to somebody and going, boy, you're really in a lot of chaos. 
and I'm just at perfect peace. I have confidence in Jesus. Um, and so I think there's, you know, I, I right away, the word that comes to mind is to be, be more subtle, be more sophisticated than that, be more, um, I mean, frankly, appropriate than that. I think it's well, just so. listening for opportunities to hear people and to hear and recognize their chaos. Um, you know, when people are telling, people are telling and sharing their own story and what's going on with them on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, again, I, I was at my son's basketball practice last night and one of the dads I have not really talked to just, we ended up talking the entire practice and he's just kind of sharing what's going on in his life. And, and as I'm listening to him, you know, I'm right away hearing different things. I'm like, man, that's, that's gotta be hard. And I have no idea what his, um, you know, what his faith conviction is the conversation didn't really go there, but just even in listening to respect, it doesn't matter. You still share good news when you can. Yeah. And so you asked, you know, how to invite people kind of out of chaos into confidence. It's really first just recognizing chaos in people's lives and hearing it, you know, and just hearing, oh, okay, I understand how that's a challenge and thinking through how, how does Jesus speak into that situation? So um, like one of the ones again, and this is just kind of chaos that people of a certain age can understand. Um, he has kids spread out all through, throughout the country. He's got a kid in school in LA He's got a daughter in school, a son in school in LA, daughter in school in New York. Like his family is spread out across the country, literally spread out across the country. And I can relate to that. Like there's just a certain chaos that comes from that, knowing in order to, to talk to your son, you've got to manipulate time zones. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. there's just all that kind of stuff. And there's just chaos that comes from it. Okay, well, what does Jesus say to that? Um, what's the gospel look like in that situation? Um, they have a loving family you know, is obvious in this conversation, even just pointing out stuff like that, um, the the gift of having a loving family, um, pointing out ways that God, you know, kind of blesses us with family, just so again, and I'm not answering your question, you know, maybe not quite as directly as you'd like, but I guess I would say, you know me well, but I think um, it's, a solid answer. it's looking for the, it's looking for the opportunities that are there. And so let's assume we've had more of a conversation, he and I, and we've had more opportunity to share, and we've had more of a relationship built up, you know, I might say something to him, like, um, one of the things that I love knowing when I, when I think of my daughter being away at college and, um, me not being able to be with her as much as I'd like, or our family not being able to be together as much as I'd like is, you know, something as, as simple as knowing that the same God that loves me loves her, mm. you know, knowing that, um, the promise, you know, again, just something we know to be true, the promise that was made to her at baptism, that God would never leave her. Now's when I need to, to have, have confidence in that. Like God's with her, yep. you know, and, and whatever happens, you know, God's with her, God loves her, you know? So, so I, I would say like that, but again, that's, that steps down the road. This is the first conversation. That's just kind of what stuck in my mind. I think also being, if I could say one more thing, being a person of peace. Hmm. And, and that's, I know that there's a lot of things that work in that there's personality, there's all kinds of stuff, but when you see the chaos of the world, um, God invites us to be people of peace and to be someone that others can come to because they know that you're not going to freak out. You're not going to like stir up more chaos. You know, there's just a confidence about your quiet confidence, maybe. Yeah. And I think what you just shared with us, if I could, if I could unpack it a little bit is, yeah, you are invited to be the person of peace for that, for that other dad. And you have that peace you just shared with us. For you, that peace is, is rooted in your relationship with Jesus. You know, you're, you're drawing on your own situation there. I have a daughter in that same situation. And what, what I lean on is uh, 
God's promise is still true. He's still with her. Uh, the same God that loves her loves me. Or switch that. So what we're seeing there, and whether you say those things to him out loud, yeah, you're being that person of peace, and that peace is is a, is a an outgrowth or an overflow of your relationship with Jesus. And that's really, yeah. really, really key. Uh, the other thing that was really interesting that I just want to call out, I, I love the, the example you gave is this other, again, the other dad at the basketball practice, his chaos or the chaos in his life is, well, my family is spread apart. And so sometimes when we hear this in the context of a sermon, right, one, one side is chaos, the other side is, is confidence, and we want to invite somebody to the other side of the cross. It's easy, I think, sometimes to assume that means a spiritual, um, spiritual deficiency. I like the way you took this, that, that chaos doesn't automatically have to mean in their spiritual life. Right. It's certainly, you know, the, the everyday aspects of their life, which, by the way, have a spiritual component. Uh, Jesus speaks in that, uh, but it's not automatically uh, sort of law gospel, to use our Lutheran language. Um, so thanks and for all, helping us have eyes there to see that. And as you, as you were talking about, again, not all chaos is sin. Yeah. Like this is actually, they love, he loves his family. And it was obvious from his conversation with me, the reason his son was confident in going to LA is because he knows his family loves him. You know, like he, he knows, like I, I'm, he's, he's rooted enough in his identity. He's been given that confidence to, to take those steps and to be away from home, you know? So it's yeah. not even a bad thing. It's still, but it's still, uh, it still creates chaos, you know? And again, I think it's that's not always a bad thing. And yet even still, there's an opportunity for good. Yeah. For Jesus. Absolutely. There's yeah. something good for him. Absolutely. Great. Good point. Anything else on that? Well, tons, but we, tons. Can, we can call that good for now. Okay, well. <laughs> All right, so I wanna, we, we, we kind of dove right into a specific point of the sermon, which is fine. I think it was a good conversation. I want to take a, a, maybe a, a higher level view now, so back out a little bit, uh, to talk about the, the idea generally of, of Cornerstone's mission, vision, values, um, and specifically want to ask the question, the sermon that we heard that was kind of an update sermon on, on these, again, mission, vision, values, how can those ideas that are, that are contained there, those ideas that are, that are parts of, of those documents, how can they support us as we have uh, conversations with friends, neighbors, coworkers, whoever it might be? I think, you know, in answering that, uh, I'll repeat, first of all, I'll start with mission. Um, you know, how can that help us? One of the ways is just knowing that we're, we're in a consistent, we're, we're on a consistent mission. We're together in this, um, you know, and, the sense of the wording that's been chosen, the wording that's been used with our mission statement established in Christ, Cornerstone Lutheran Church is reaching beyond itself, uh, is building God's kingdom by reaching beyond itself to bring people into a caring community. And I think even just recognizing the pieces of that. So reaching beyond ourselves, you know, recognizing that um, for people who are in that situation where they're recognizing they're having a spiritual conversation and maybe they've not recognized that before. So maybe this is the first time they've realized it. Um, wow, this feels a little uncomfortable for me. Okay, that I'm reaching beyond myself. I'm not just relying on my own, my own ability, my own skill, my own relationship. I'm actually believing that God's in this moment. So in and other then, words, it would naturally be a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And, Anytime and reaching, you step beyond yourself, it's going to be. Right, yeah. And it's also, again, because there's kind of a double meaning with that. It's also you're literally reaching beyond yourself. All of a sudden, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's about somebody else. And then the second part or the third part really of the, of the statement um, to bring people into a caring community, it's trusting the community that you have. So how can it help you? 
it's trusting that um, that you want this other person to be enveloped in the same type of community that that you've experienced at Cornerstone. And so recognizing that right away, I think empowers. I, I think one of the most wonderful things is when people say, I love my church and I want other people to love it too. I want other people to know it. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, I would say a great gift, but it's also a great confidence booster to just say, uh, this is what I know. And, and I, I don't know everything else. I don't, I can't, but I do know that if I can get you in contact with my friends and I can, uh, and by that, I mean, my, my church friends, my church family, my church community, if I can get you in contact with some of my other friends that it, it might have a positive impact on your life. You know, that's had a positive impact on my life. Right, exactly. So that's one. Um, another, you know, we chose some of these deliberate areas of influence um, because we wanted to make sure that we were intentional in the things we did. And so one of the ones that's really important to me is talking about making sure that Cornerstone is known in our community. And this to me is a big thing. When When we're known, when when there are people who just have a sense of, I know that Cornerstone exists, then when I talk to you about my church, it's not that I first have to overcome the obstacle of not knowing. So for example, if I say to you, um, you say, hey, I'm looking for groceries, I need some food. And I say, let's go to Kroger. You're not like, what's Kroger? I have no idea what that is. What am I going to get there? Right? Oh, I don't, I don't, boy, I'm really uncomfortable going there. No, you know what Kroger is, even if you don't shop there, you know what Kroger is. But if you think of some kind of obscure little farm market that you know, you have to sell the person on that idea first. You have to let them know that there's benefit in it. And so a part of this for Cornerstone, doing things in the community that allow people to know we exist so that when other disciples go and say, hey, I'd love for you to hear this, or I'd love for you to experience this, or I'd love for you to participate in this, or um, I'd like for you to talk to this person and or sharing even just something that they experienced during worship. And they say Cornerstone, it's again, it's it's that, oh yeah, I know what Kroger is. So it's that first obstacle, overcoming that first obstacle obstacle for people. Um, and I guess if I was going to say one last thing, um, it would be the recognition that other people are in this with you. So if we believe that we're we're doing these things together, then I know like there's some, I'm going to go back to the example of building the wall. If you just have one group of people working on one breach in the wall, but the rest of the wall is what knocked down, what's the point? Yeah. But if you know everyone's building on this wall together, again, that's the Nehemiah picture. If everyone's doing the work together, well, you need me and I need you. So this is awesome. Like, let's do this together. Even if I can't see you, I know that you're you're about the same thing I am. Um, you're about that kind of encouragement that comes. So that's the way I would answer that. Yeah. There's a thing you've said to me many times um, that I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but the idea that uh, we want our disciples to know um, I'll paraphrase it as cornerstone stands behind you. Yep. Um, and that's the thing that really resonated with me. And that's what I hear coming through in, in this answer as well, that, that cornerstone stands behind you, not only because ideally your neighbor kind of has an idea what it is. We're known in the community. So the cell quote to use that word is easier. Cornerstone stands behind you because uh, we are intentional about making sure there's a community that you can bring them to uh, that when you say, come here to cornerstone, you're going to have a, a, a good experience and I know that because I've had a good experience you can trust that because yeah. we're intentional around it and then thirdly cornerstone stands behind you because we're all doing this too um, and I love your your uh, that's an interesting uh, 
take on the, the Nehemiah story that I hadn't thought about, that there's all sorts of people building the wall. If I'm a wall builder, there's all sorts of people doing it that I can't see, but I know they're there. And it's the same for us, right? When we, when we leave worship on a Sunday, there's any given Sunday, there's 2,000 or so that gather. When we leave, I don't see most of them throughout the week, but we all know when I'm, when I'm in, when we're being encouraged, go out and have conversations with your friends, with your neighbors, step beyond yourself and do that uncomfortable thing. It's not me, me by myself. It's all of the, the rest of us. And then I start to think, what could, what, what will our communities look like as 2000 of us not only gather on Sundays, but go out into our communities to, to share this good news of Jesus. And we won't see it but the wall rises, right? I don't see yeah. the building, but the wall rises. Yeah. And that's what it's going to look like. I think, you know, that's a, a fantastic picture to me. Um, I had another question and I lost it. So give me a moment. Along these same lines. Well, I'm going to ask about the sermon specifically first, and then we'll ask a different question. This is a question that I get all the time. What was the, because I write the sermons and I give the sermons. And so lots of people ask me, what was the sermon about this week? And maybe some of us have coworkers uh, Monday morning, they, you know, or maybe it's basketball families, and they know you've been at church. And what was the sermon about this week? What would you have? This one especially can be a little bit processy, right? Um, well, we talked about the mission and the vision. How would you? How would you hope that I, as a disciple, would answer that question in order to to give the best sort of good news response that I could? Okay, I want to answer first. I want to say something funny, and then I'll tell you the sincere one. So. Um, uh, one of the great disciples in our church, uh, Wally, uh, his joke to me is always, what's the sermon about today? Is it about Jesus again? And I always say, yes, it's about Jesus again. He's like, every time we come together, we're talking about Jesus. So the joke is, of course, that it's about Jesus. Okay, now you want a little bit more nuanced answer, which is what I want people to take away in addition to, or what has Jesus done? Um, I think if our, if someone were just to kind of really, th this is, I think the, I think this is the simplest answer that I can give. I want people to walk away excited about their church. And so I want them to walk away and go, you know, somebody says, Hey, what was, what, what was your, uh, what was the message on Sunday? I want them to walk away going, um, man, the message was our church is. I'm really glad to be part of our church. I'm really glad and excited about the, the way that my church is. Um, and so I, I think that would be, and like I said, I know that sounds really simplistic, but that would be enough for me. If you walked away saying, you know, because maybe the message for you was reunified in this. Maybe the message for you was, uh, I have a specific skill that I can use for the kingdom of God. Maybe your takeaway was, um, there's some awesome stuff going on at my church. Maybe your takeaway was, uh, Nehemiah is an amazing story about God blessing unified action. Maybe your takeaway was, it was cold at Morse Reservoir last week. I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe your takeaway was, I wish it wasn't a video sermon, I, whatever that, but I, but all <laughs> of those things, yeah, all of those things I think can still find its root in, but I love that my church did this. I love that. I love that. This is what my church is about. I love, this is what my church what is my doing church. together. So that kind of a message. I think that's a great, um, homework assignment for us too, as we listen is that, uh, how would, how would, how would I answer that question? I'm really excited about the way my church is, and that might be enough as we talk about sort of small steps and, and one, one piece of good news, one piece of the puzzle at a time, that might be enough for the person you're talking to, you know, and, and that seed takes root. And maybe they think about that. Who knows how the spirit can work on that. What I would also encourage if you're listening is spend some time thinking about the, 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 the why, 
to that question. I'm really excited about my church. Well, what is it specifically that excites you? And uh, have an answer there. Uh, one or two or three things that, that really work well for you, that really excite you, um, that you might say, this is, this is why I think it's great and you should be a part of it. Yeah, I, you know that the two things I always say, every, I always want every disciple to know, why do you love your church? So someone comes up and says something about, hey, tell me about your church or tell me about that you always said that one, at least one, you said, you know, two or three, absolutely. You can have a laundry list, but just know that one main thing. And somebody says, Hey, why do you go to your church? Why do you go to church? Why do you, that you can know, and, and it can be something as silly, really, it can be something as silly as, you know what, after worship, we have, we have donuts. And I love the fact that my church has donuts. And then again, you're going to obviously want to be a little bit deeper because someone's giving you the opportunity, but to say, you know what, we just stand around and talk and I get to talk with other people like me and Yep. You know, or, you know, and it can be a little bit more spiritual, but it doesn't just have to be that like supreme spiritual thing. Right. But that certainly you don't thing? have to refer to our doctrinal statements or our, our right. page. <laughs> right. And it, not that there's any problem with those things. It's just, but and that's it might what, work for the right person. Right. And the other thing is if someone gives you that opening, always know what you might invite somebody to. I think those are two really important things for all disciples. So again, if somebody says, Hey, what do you, why do you go to church You go? Well, you know, I go to church because it's a place where I, uh, I see myself the way that God sees me mm-hmm. and, you know, and you kind of share something like that and, and, uh, and the, and you see the person sort of resonating with it a little bit. And then to be able to say, you know, if there's ever a, a time you want to experience it, I'd love to, I'd love to have you come. You know, if there's an opening then to like, for example, just to say something like, Hey, I'm, you know, we do this donuts and dads thing that I go to. I'd love to, I'd love to I'd go love with to you. Go. I'd love for you. You can come and it's all we're doing is eating donuts. Our kids are playing in the play area, but you can at least, you know, experience a little bit about what it's, what it is, you know, yeah, like yeah. I said, not, not aggressive, but, but those two things, just knowing, Hey, this is something I'd invite people to because I love my church. And that's why when we, we talk about, you talked earlier about uh, Cornerstone stands behind you. That's part of it, right? This is why we do donuts with dads and taste of and root beer floats and all these things that on the surface don't feel cheap. Uh, I mean, we have other things too. BBS is great for this and all sorts of things. But part of our commitment is when we say stand behind you, it's going to be. Uh, we want to provide opportunities where you can invite your friend, invite your neighbor uh, to experience the, the community that we experience at Cornerstone. So again, as an encouragement, when you see these things come up on the calendar, yeah, we want you there. We want you to take part in that. We want you to bring your small group and have all sorts of fun um, and build those connections and relationships with other disciples you know. At the same time, those are great opportunities to think about who's outside of that circle that I might be able to to bring in. Right. And because you you know, and I'm sure you talk about a lot on this, uh, on this time with others as well, you know the first step for, for most people is not, let me invite you to worship. You know, that's, that's like way down the road. The The first step for sometimes, sometimes for people is first of all, well, again, we know, I'm going to, I'm going to say this differently. I'm going to say a middle step, because we've already, there's already 15 steps you've gone through. The middle step is to say something like that. Like that's a big thing, even though it's a social gathering, like a, uh, you mentioned some of the things, Rip Your Float Day or something where it's, there's not going to be a gospel presentation or something there. It's still a big step for somebody. They know it, right? I use this all the time. I use example in, in Fishers when people talk about the play area and say, well, how is the play area connected to the church? And how do people who come there, how do they know 
And I would say, there's a 35 foot cross standing out front. People know they're walking into a church. There is, I mean, if you sit there and watch people come in, they know they're walking into a church. And that's a huge step for some people. And so if you're going to invite someone to take that step, recognizing that these are easy, easier steps to take is a big thing. Again, player and indie, very similar. You know, inviting someone to come to that. They're actually coming into the building. They're coming into a church. They are acutely aware. If you're not a church person, when you go into a church, you are acutely aware that you're there. Here, here's an example. Um, sometimes I, I know this is going to be a shock for you, but I do not like to shop at all. I zero percent. Um, and sometimes I'll be with Kate and Kate, my wife likes to shop again. She's not a crazy shopper, but she likes to shop. And so sometimes I'll be like wandering around someplace and she'll go into a, like a women's clothing store. And then I'll go in there to look for her. When I walk through those doors, I am acutely aware that I'm a big dude standing in the middle of a women's clothing store. Like I'm and like right away, everyone's looking at me like, who is this guy? And does he know, does he know where he is? Like, um, and I think a lot of people, we forget that a lot of people feel that way about the church. Right. And so just recognizing in these situations, you're still inviting someone into the building. And that's still a big step for somebody. But to be able to say, even to put them at, at ease to say, it's just donuts and dad's talking and our kids get a time to play and we get out of the house a little bit. So our wives get a chance to just relax, you know, in the morning for a couple hours or something like, you know, to let them know exactly what it is and then to sort of ease them into that. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's a lot about something you didn't really ask about, but I, <laughs> I do think that's always an important thing to it be was reminded good. of. It is, yeah, and, and I, I use this analogy quite a bit. I, I, I agree with you that sometimes many of us grew up in the church, right? We've spent years and years being a part of a church. And so sometimes we do forget what it's like to come from, from not that environment. I use the analogy sometimes of, you know, if you were to go to a mosque, if you were to walk into a mosque, it would be foreign. It would be uncomfortable. It would be confusing and we're not raised in the church. If for us, it's comfortable, it's familiar. For them, it's, it's essentially the same as if we, if we would walk into a mosque. And so sometimes that's, for me, that's a helpful mindset sometimes to um, think through that. Two more questions for you. I'm gonna, we'll give a hypothetical conversation and I want your um, response. So I'm talking to my friend, my coworker, Oh yeah, I go to I go to corn. Well, you have your shirt on. What's that shirt about? Oh, that's, that's Cornerstone Cornerstone Lutherans. Um, wherever you are, it's 116th Street, right there in Fishers or wherever it might be. Um, well, what's Cornerstone about? Tell me about Cornerstone. What's the What's the one next answer for that question? First of all, I would always point back to that. What do you love about the church? So I never want somebody to get too. Uh, I forget, what was the word you used before uh, when you talking about mission, vision, and values? Too processy. Um, yeah, too processy. I don't want someone to get too corporate. And so I if someone asks, what's that church about? The first thing I would always say is say that answer that's on your heart. Mm -hmm. Like what's the thing you love about your church? If you need a if you need a place to start, um, I do think some of these things, I do think like that's where vision comes in. And what's our church about? Our church is about encouraging, you know, we use the language encouraging the next and the wonder of following Jesus. But what's our church about? Our church is about encouraging people as they walk with Jesus, you know, like just a simple, I, that says a lot, you know, for us, but just, I, I think something like that, 
that would be a, a key thing. That's something I would want someone to say about our church. Like we're here to, we're just here to encourage people as they're, as they're trying to figure out, you know, as figure out life and figure out what it means in light of Jesus, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Well said. And I think I would, I would add to that. That's a great answer. And if, if you were, you're listening and you want to kind of store away that answer, great. I would also say kind of whatever you say next, <laughs> whatever you say in response to that, as long as you're saying something positive, something helpful, you're not going to have a wrong answer. Uh, anything you say will be, will be, that's attractive or, or intriguing to the person will be a step forward. So again, yeah, say what's on your heart, say what, what comes to your mind in that moment. Let me give you a really quick opposite of this. So this is a different congregation, different place, but it was also a multi-site church. And so two people, two sets of two sets of people, two groups of people were eating dinner in a restaurant. They don't know each other, but one of them is a leader in that church, but they're at a different site. So they don't, this group of people is pretty loudly trashing the church. This is just a dinner in a restaurant on a Friday night. Okay. And this group, this guy hears it. He's a leader in the, in the church. So he decides to kind of try to get into the conversation to try to stop what's happening because it's so loud, like they can hear it. So I know other people can hear it. And so he kind of just goes, oh, hey, I go to that church too. And sort of puts himself into the conversation. And they're like, oh, cool. And then he says, and, but everybody at my church at my table doesn't, you know, so, and to sort of like call out what's happening. And instead of that sort of bringing them down their tone, they then decided to invite like everybody at the table into this conversation where they just proceeded to go even harder about how much they disliked uh -oh. their church and all the bad stuff airing all their airing all the grievances of the church. Like, don't do that. Like, if you have those grievances, go share them in the appropriate place. This isn't a hush hush thing. But don't let that be. The, that's why when you, when you said make it positive, I don't care what you say as long as I really I, I mean. But just check, like, what am I saying? What am I, yeah. what am I sharing? And if I have you problems. Said, this, right? Nehemiah and his people were lending it positive to point two. So yeah, if you have grievances, let's talk that through, but find something positive to say. You don't have to look yeah. too hard. All right. Well, final question. Really great having you with us here. Appreciate you talking through uh, how we can use these really important aspects of our, our life together, uh, our mission and our vision, those things that we're focused on, how we can use that to, to uh, share good news and share positive things about Cornerstone with those around us. Um, I want to close with this. You opened your sermon by, by sharing with us some pretty exciting things that have happened over the last year or so. Uh, you know, the addition of a new site sticks out, obviously, uh, but beyond that, what was it? 50 something Sunday school teachers, 55 new teachers in faith formation, 55 new, new, new faith formation teachers. I don't know if you, if you put adult baptisms in there, did you put that? I did 14. Yeah. I was going to highlight it if you hadn't, but that's awesome. Great year. Exciting year. You, you hit a lot. A lot of good highlights there. What do you look forward? What do I look forward to most? Sure. Was that, I'm sorry, was that your question? What do you look forward to most? What are you most excited about in the upcoming year? What do you hope will be on that highlight reel uh, in, in January of 2024? I mean, I, obviously, anticipate you, will be there? you know my heart. Well, those are two different questions. Do you know my heart? As I, I, my hope is 15 adult baptisms. You know, if we go one more, that's awesome. I mean, I'd love for one. That's right. But again, just still that upward trend. That's an important thing. Um, again, for me, I, I think this year, um, 
internally, it's it's um, volunteering. It's people kind of exploring, hey, who's God made me to be, and how can I how can I be a benefit to others with this gift? And so, just somebody who tries for the first. So, like, I'd love to be able to say we had a hundred disciples who who tried something new this year, you know, who who got involved in a different thing, who came and volunteered at the indie play area, who served root beer. I'll plus one that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> those things, you know, just those kinds of things. Um, that's a big one. Um, um, yeah, good question. So you're getting to the specifics, as you'd say, the, the things you can count. Um, and I don't want to just be, when you ask that, I don't want to just be trite and it, and just to say something like, well, that everyone would share the gospel with at least one, but I, I do like so so use a use a more reasonable number say something like 50 people who identify a spiritual conversation and actually identify it and realize like hey god put me in this position to have this conversation today and again it doesn't need to end with here is what or why shouldn't i be baptized <laughs> but just that sense of like of a recognition that god's placing people in our paths all the time that that would be a big one and again i put 50 as a number let's say 50 people come forward and tell you or tell me or tell you know other staff people hey i had this conversation i don't think it went well or i had this conversation yeah, it doesn't have to be a successful well. conversation yeah um just try it that's i think that would be that would be an awesome thing so yes growth in numbers that we would continue to be able to fund the mission that our capital campaign would be effective um but those are i mean legitimate things adult baptisms um people using their gifts people trying out spiritual conversations um those are some really key things Awesome. Yeah, that, that excites me too. And let me end with this piece. If you heard some, either, any of the, anything in that list, if it, if it touched something in you, if it, if it piqued some interest, uh, there's a, there are ways you can, you can act on that. There are ways we can support you in that now. Uh, Sarah Kanopka is our volunteer coordinator. If you want to try something new or you want to be part of that that tries a new thing this year, send Sarah an email. She can connect you with that. If you want to try a faith conversation or you want to know more about how to identify a faith conversation, I have those resources. I would you love to connect you with it. I know a guy. Um, I like him most days. Uh, <laughs> um, but I certainly like his resource. Um, would love to share with you and, and walk with you alongside that process as you think about how to identify those and how to have those conversations. So yeah, these are exciting things. They are not things that we're going to put uh, throw at you on your own. Uh, we're here to help you do it. So um, any, any closing thoughts you want to you wrap us up with? No, not too much. Again, try it. You might like it. Try it. <laughs> All right. How about closing us with a prayer then? Sure. Yeah. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be together and to think through your word and the way that it affects our daily lives. I, I thank you for Pastor Jason's work in this and, and trying to connect other people to these practical ways to serve you. And Lord, thank you for Cornerstone, for the blessing that it is to us and uh, and to others as well. And the ways that you continue to find us faithful and to bless that faithfulness um, with um, with action and also, Lord, with um, with fruits of labor. So we praise you, Lord, for that. We pray that uh, that in all things you'd be glorified as we speak of you, Jesus, and what you've done for us and what you've done for others. So we pray in, in that strong name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Pastor Scott, for being here with us. Next week, we'll have Andrew and Aaron back as we talk through the message we will have heard by then. Um, but hope you've enjoyed these unique uh, kind of one-on-one -on -one conversations the past couple of weeks. Uh, we'll get back to it next time. Have a great week, and we'll see you again. Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House show. For more content like this, or to connect with us, visit our website, 
cornerstone church.